Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Rat me voice. More than 100 schools available from Home Field Apparel. If you like comfortable clothes, check them out. They are a partner with the Raspy Voice Kids and the 1012 Network. Use our code RASPY12, R-A-S-P-Y-12, for a discount on your first order. 15%. 15%. Go get it. Tell them we sent you. Boom. Bosco's Boys is here. I think we all wanted it. And the marriage is officially official. I'm so pumped to bring my show to the 1012 Network. Bosco's Boys. The most consistent K-State podcast out there. Over four years with at least one episode a week. Bringing live shows to the listeners and to the participants every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I'm pumped to be here, and I would love it if you guys came over to Bosco's Boys and gave us a listen. Because we are not Big J Journos. This is a podcast by a fan and his dog for fellow K-State and Big 12 fans. And I can't wait to chop it up with all the members and fans of the 1012 Network. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. Yes, I am here. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now tuned into the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. It is time for a Texas-sized recap of the WVU Longhorn matchup. West Virginia Falls, 38-20 in Austin. It was not pretty, and it was not as close as that, but more important, then anything that happened on the scoreboard was the fact that C.J. Donaldson sustained a serious head or neck injury. Not sure exactly what happened, but he was carted off the field after having his pads and jersey removed. Very scary situation. He gave a thumbs up, but it was a very weak thumbs up. It almost seemed like an assisted thumbs up. Not sure what to think, but thoughts and prayers for sure with C.J. Donaldson and his family and, of course, with his teammates as well. 
No, absolutely. And you look at the teammates, you can tell they were shook. Um, you can see some of them had tears in their eyes. Scary moment for sure. I'll say this. I mean, not that this matters. I don't know how many had tears in their eyes. Some of them had. I thought Bryce Ford Wheaton, for example, had tears in his eyes at first. But then I realized he had those contacts that took away the glare from the lights. They oh, have okay. the red. Okay. That, they had the red that go around him. So they may have been upset. I'm not saying they weren't upset. But some of them that looked like they were crying, and I know that Bryce Ford Wheaton, for example, as I continue to watch him, it was the contacts that made his eyes look more red than they actually were. Got you. So, but I just, I just noticed him. that. I wanted to point that out. Not that it really matters, but just like we said, thoughts and prayers with C.J. Donaldson and his uh, family and his teammates at this time. But Jeremy, we want to jump into this game. Uh, basically, what do you think of the game? Uh, Brandon. I won't speak for the whole game, but the first half was atrocious. All the way around atrocious. I don't know. I, I got to think back. Maybe it was a Baylor game. I believe with Data Hogerson's first or second year when we went for it on fourth down on our side of the field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in like the first quarter, Brandon. Brandon, we were like on our 30-yard line. Like it's been a long time th- since I've been embarrassed like this. And it was embarrassing. Yes, yes, Texas looked like they had a little better players than us. But later on... A little better, Jeremy! Brandon, later on, when it calmed down, I felt like we were more on par. Look at the second second half. The second half, after we actually started playing up to par, we could hang. But in the first half, Texas came out uh, uh, in a way that we were not. They were focused. They were ready. They were ready to go. We were not. Now, if it was all about Texas, I think they executed well. I think they were playing well. But them playing well has nothing to do with the bad penalties and the dropping of passes again. Wide open. Everybody take a turn. O'Laughlin, then Bryce Ford Wheaton, then Sam James. And I know some people are going to look at the end of the game and say, oh, well, look, all of them had like eight catches. They play ball. Yeah, they waited till it was too late, till it was 28 to nothing. By the time it was 28 to nothing, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what we did. Yeah, There's no pressure. Catch. Yeah, yeah. That's right. This is what we have to do. I'm telling you, early on, third and two, we dropped that ball. O'Laughlin drops that ball. I know I know. he got hit in, in the knee. Very next play, I believe we drop another one. Maybe got broke up. Third and two, their side of the field, we would have had a field position. There's a lot of little things that could have swung the game into our favor that we did not capitalize on. And again, drop passes. Then again, with penalties, we back them up to their like two-yard line. We get a face mask penalty that gets them out of the hole. Then uh, Koba <laughs> decides he wants personal foul somebody to give him another 15. First play of the game started off with a uh, with, with a uh, false start on number 66. So what I saw was us not being prepared and ready to go. I didn't mind the game plan. I thought, I thought, I don't put this on Graham Harold and his play calls. Receivers were open, receivers were hit. I thought maybe we could have did a little bit more running in the beginning, but I don't put it yeah. all on him. Our receivers, this is the reason why I'm always so hesitant to give them so much credit. After the pit game, they started playing well, catching passes, and it's like, oh, they're living up to the potential. Then we get in this big game, and once again, on very key drives, wide open. Sam James couldn't have been more wide open. The ball just goes in and out. Those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. And and, and then you flip on it, and this is me being positive, because I haven't even jumped in 
to the most ridiculous secondary I've ever seen in my life. It didn't matter what they called these, this whole year. It doesn't matter what they call. It doesn't matter who a razzle-dazzle. I don't care if it's straight up. I don't care if two guys are guarding the receiver. When the ball goes in the air, I know one of two things are going to happen. They're going to catch it, or there's going to be a pass interference call. That's it. That's the only two options. Pass interference is highly unlikely because you got to be near the receiver for that to happen. I thought that was a good one. I thought that was a good one, but it fell flat. It fell flat. It fell flat. <laughs> nah, I just talked a bunch. I was letting you go. I was letting no, you go. I just, I just, I don't think the secondary is as bad as Joe DeForest in 2012. It's not that, it's not as bad as that. I think it tackles a little bit better, but it's really bad. It's really bad, Jeremy. It, even, you know, Aubrey Burks gets a chance to make a play, gets his hands on the ball in the end zone, should have been an interception. Doesn't get the interception, turns into a touchdown. It's just stuff like that nonstop. And that's, it's the little things. It's the little things for these Neil Brown teams. And I just, we were not prepared. People were worried that Texas would be fired up because they just lost last week to Texas Tech. And they, and they were. were. They were. They were ready to go. West Virginia had 10 days to be prepared, 10 days to study the nuances of the Texas offensive scheme 10 days prepare for the defensive scheme that Gary Patterson was going to throw at them and they did not seem prepared right away like you said Jaquay Hubbard immediately false start um they just didn't seem ready for the test they didn't seem up to the task and Do you know the, no, only, the only people I saw I thought were up to the task honestly I thought the offensive line did pretty well in pass blocking they didn't give them all day but they kept them pretty clean for the most part and the defensive line came to play ball Quit holding my man, Dante Stills. They came to play ball. They put pressure early. We pinned them deep, made them punt early. Our defensive line and our offensive line, usually that's where you win games, win and lose games in the trenches. That was not the case in this game. And the thing is, like, so so as we're watching, Brandon, have you ever seen something so ridiculous? 28 points. Everything they did worked. I felt so embarrassed. Like, it's very rare that I watch a Mountaineer game and I'm not irritated or happy. It's one of the two. This game, Brandon, I thoroughly was embarrassed watching this game. And the announcers didn't help either. They were getting on my nerves. Literally, literally. <laughs> Usually they try to pull some punches. Usually they try to, uh, you know, tame themselves a little bit. Nah, they were just letting it go all out. Clear. I, yeah. I think they clearly were rooting for Texas, but it's hard to, to say that for a fact when everything Texas does is working and we look absolutely terrible on all sides of the ball starting this game. And to, and to be honest, J, JT Daniels was not crisp tonight. He, no, he, he wasn't. That pass to O'Loughlin, uh, first of all, let's talk about this. Well, let's say this. He, he could have led receivers in situations where he threw the ball a little bit behind them. The pass to O'Loughlin on that third down um, led to O'Loughlin getting hurt. I'm not blaming JT Daniels, but he could have helped in that situation if he leads O'Loughlin instead of hitting him, you know, where he was. Um, O'Loughlin still should have caught the ball, still should have been a first down, but he puts him in a bad situation, doesn't give him the best outcome, and it turns out to be, you know, an injury for Michael Laughlin, which, again, feel terrible for Michael Laughlin, who's battled injuries his entire career here at WVU, missed fall camp again, um, and looks like he's going to be out for significant time once more. So... It's just, it's just JT Daniels wasn't JT Daniels. Part of that was pressure from, from Texas, especially late in the game. Um, but the other part of it, he just wasn't himself, it didn't seem like. And I don't know if he's maybe injured. 
Because even in the Virginia Tech game, he wasn't as crisp yeah, as he. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm I don't saying, know, but I'm not saying he. Look, I'm not everybody saying he has been, look, look, I don't like the injury thing because everybody's banged up. That nobody's a hundred percent. They may say they're a hundred percent, but but nobody's a hundred percent. I no. think he was healthy enough to make the throws. He just wasn't like I said, and I like how you said he he wasn't bad. He just wasn't no, as crisp sir, by no as means he was normally he bad. was. I just I don't want anybody to get confused. I'm not blaming this game on JT Daniels. I'm certainly not saying he was bad. You know, Absolutely I'm not saying not. I'm, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just making the statement that he wasn't as crisp as he could be, not as crisp as we're used to seeing. And and, and I put this game, I put this game on the secondary and the receivers. Now, now I know, like I said, they made plays later on, but early in the game when momentum was being formed, before we got down 28 to nothing, there were big plays to be made, and we had the dropsies, we didn't extend drives, and we just kicked it to Texas to let them walk right down the field on us again. No discipline out of the secondary, no eye discipline from the secondary, um, and then just straight up outmatched. Outmatched. But see, yeah, yeah. But see, this is what I'm talking about. This game, I was not mad at all. They look better. They executed better. There's certain penalties and certain stupid things that we did that irritated me. But I never really get angry when we lose to a better team. And Texas today was definitely by far the better team. But this is the exact reason why I'm so irritated when Kansas is brought up. They're like, well, Kansas is 5-0. How do you feel now? I'm still irritated because you got to win the games that you can win. And that Kansas game, we could win. That pick game, we could win. you got to win the games that you can win because there are going to be games that you can't win. And tonight was one of, those, one of these games that we weren't going to win. Point blank, period. We were not winning tonight. Well, the games we can't win seem to be the third game after winning two in a row because Neil Brown is in year four, and Jeremy, he still has not won three in a row, not been able to string three wins together as a Mountaineer. He does it again, two wins against an FCS team, possibly the worst Power 5 team in Virginia Tech, and then he comes out and lays an egg against Texas. And you're right. like We weren't going to win, but we could have made it a shootout. We could have made it a shootout. But those drop passes... And some poor play calling in spots did not help. I'm really upset because it's just the glaring, the glaring holes in the secondary. People telling us we weren't going to miss Daryl Porter Jr. People saying that we weren't going to miss, um, oh, Miller, Dreshawn Miller, Dreshawn Miller. Uh, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm not telling you those guys were the best players that we've ever had, but they're better than what we're putting on the field this year. And what and. People are like, well, the portal takes. Yes, the portal takes. People are like, it's so hard to build a team nowadays because of the way the transfer portal set up. Guess what? Just like the portal takes away, the portal can also give it. It's your job as the head coach to go out and get yours. And you hear Huggy Bear talking about it right now with his basketball team, saying he thought he was going to hate the portal, but he kind of likes it because now he's built a team. Now, we're going to see how that pans out later on down the road. But Neil Brown, who I, to his credit, has not complained about the portal, had the opportunity to go into the portal and build a team, and he didn't. Lance Leopold did that in Kansas. He went out in the portal, and he made it his. He made it work for him, and they built a team in contention in Lawrence. 5-0 and in hosting college game day for the first time in the history of Kansas football next week against TCU. And where are we? 2-3, and 0-2 in the Big 12, at the bottom of the barrel, being embarrassingly Season. tweeted about. On the Bird app. And that's where we are. 
And there's nothing you can say. People said Neil Brown was, was the worst coach in the Big 12. Where's the lie? People said West Virginia was going to be the worst team in the Big 12. We are. That's where we are. And there are people who are like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to fire him and start all over? Yes. You yes. know why? Let's, you know, Go ahead. I, 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 I do not relish the thought of starting all over again. But if we must start over, let's start over now and not wait a year and a half. Yeah, Jeremy. No, I agree 100%. Let's start over now. Not, when things aren't getting better, when things are redundant, when you have the same issues, the same clock management issues, the same wasted timeouts, the same delay of games, the same nonsense coming out of timeouts after kickoffs that Neil Brown consistently has, it's a coaching issue. When you have penalties How that are can you not be locked in after 10 days off for Texas? How can yeah, you not? How can you not? And we weren't. My my thing is the other thing is people like and, 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 hold up I don't, I don't mean to cut you off but and for all of them because some people say well tell me how that was Neil Brown's fault so you, you're pretty much telling me that you agree with Dana Holgerson after after the game when Dana Holgerson talks about his team and says I'm not going to take responsibility for that you know I've been through it I tell him over and over again so with Holgerson you're going to agree no you you you're the head coach you should be in uh, have your have a uh, better accountability on your team accountability. But O'Neal Brown is something different? No, it's the same thing. Year four, two and three. You People can say all this other stuff. I'm not making it up. I'm pointing to the number, two and three. And two, one of our wins uh, came against a Power 5 team. The other one came against an FCS school. Or uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, FCS. Thousand. FCS school. Uh, the other one came against a really terrible Virginia Tech team. We've lost three games. Don't tell me about them being close. Don't tell me about them being a rivalry game. Don't tell me about them going to overtime. All I know is we're two and three. We're two and three with an uphill fight. Uh, let me see. To win the Big 12? No. To get in the Big 12 championship game? No. Uh, with an uphill fight to be bowl eligible. Jeremy, I don't even think it's to be bowl eligible. I think it's to win four games. I don't see as four. You think WVU can win four more games? Brandon, this secondary is rough. It's I mean, really rough, rough. rough. And then you lose your best running back. It's bad. And Jeremy, my, so here's the thing. So do you know when Lance Leopold was, hot, was hired at Kansas? Nope. April 2021. It is now October 2022. And he has his team in first place in the Big 12. Now, it's only October, but he has his team... 5-0 and oh in first place in the Big 12. The reason is yeah. Kansas started over. And Kansas, I don't care what you tell me about what Dana Holgerson left behind. You will never convince me that Kansas was in a better position than Dana Holgerson left West Virginia. And even if it was, it wasn't two times as good. Because here we are in the second year of Lance Leopold, the second year, and they're in first place. and. Dan and Neil is in his fourth year of a rebuild and in last place, not climbing. So we're not, that's the and thing. The, people and, are, the, people and, the like, worst, and the worst part is we're not climbing. No. But you think the transfer portal, you think the transfer portal was bad these last couple years. You wait till this offseason if things don't turn around. You wait. Yeah, Jeremy, my thing is you should be climbing. You should be improving. Each year we should see some kind of progress. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing Neil Brown improve. In fact, there was a stat. Let me see if I can find it real quick. 
Yeah, I, I got it right here. Lance Leopold took over an 0-9 Kansas team in 2021 and has made them a competitive team in the Big 12 in his second season. Neil Brown took over an 8-4 WVU team and has gone 5-7, and 6-4, and 6-7, and, and he's now 2-3. It was funny. I just that's not, the fact like somebody that said. I, I, I don't remember who tweeted that. That's not a climb. No, I just think it's funny. Like I feel like we say the same thing every week. Every week we say the same thing, but that's because it needs to be said. And then West Virginia will win a game that, which by the way, they don't have any more cupcakes. So uh, yes, if if West Virginia wins any more games, you can be prideful and talk about how well they played. Virginia no. Tech. Ah, I gave you that one. We gave you that one. Hey, I'm going to just turn a blind eye, let you enjoy it, even though they stink. Uh, Townsend, clearly they stink. Rest of the year, we actually play good teams. My point is, those people will say, oh, what are you going to say now? What do all the naysayers got to say now? After the Virginia Tech game, when people said, hey, what are you going to say now? You know what I said? Wait till after Texas. Brandon, we didn't just lose. We got smashed. Smashed. Yep. And we get Baylor. We we get we get some time off, and then we get Baylor on Thursday, October thirteenth, at home. And Baylor's a physical team. Baylor Baylor is as dominant as they were last year. No, they're way. not. They're uh, not as good as I thought. Brandon, they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. They are a physical team. Now, but, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot. We lost because we didn't come ready to play ball. We lost because we did we weren't disciplined like we need to be. The second thing is, I cannot wait to see where Dante Stills grades out on pro football focus this week. Because Brandon, he was killing Texas's offensive line. Now, people may say, well, why did he have a bunch of tackles in the backfield? Well, why did he have a bunch of sacks? Brandon, he got held over and over. And when I say held, it's not like a fan looking, oh, that was holding. No. Literally tackled to the ground from behind on a bunch of plays. The touchdown they got tipped that should have been picked off. He got held right in front of the ref, but he was the only one getting held. Our receivers were being grabbed and clinched all game long. No flag. Now I'm not blaming the refs, but that could have helped us. Uh, it actually could have helped us a bunch. They didn't call uh, uh, penalties on Texas at all. And somebody says, well, that's what happens when you go, when you play in Texas. You never get calls. Well, when we're at home, that's the reason why we have to take care of our home field advantage too. That's the reason why losing to Kansas, sorry to bring it back up, but that's the truth. Losing to Kansas in overtime when the game was over because of a dumb penalty in overtime, that's why that hurts more. That's why I was so angry. That's why I was so perturbed because you got to win games like that because you get here and you go out west or or, or the Midwest or or Southwest, whatever you want to call it. You get to Austin and they're going to rip you off. Now, fortunately for them, we were getting spanked so bad it didn't matter. But Dante Stills, man, I don't care what the stats say. That kid balled and he got held all day. So, so yeah, definitely props to Dante. Um, So you're with me. Neil's got to go, right? Hey, hey, ho, ho. Neil Brown Neil has Brown got has to got go. go. <laughs> By the way, we were trying to figure. <laughs> we uh, anyway, anyway, keep it go, keep it moving. All right, what were you saying? So, does he go now, or does he get to the end of the year? How does this work, in your opinion? 
I don't know all the money stuff. I haven't looked into it. I know they say that, you know, we owe a little bit less if we wait till the end of the year. But it's just, I don't know how that goes. I don't know how that We're going to pay him no matter what. So it's less at the end of the year only because we have paid him through the year. Okay, so if that's the case, I'm done. And the reason why I would be done right now, um, I don't care what you do from here on out, Neil. I mean, I do, but I already know what you're going to do. You've already shown me what you're going to do. Um, let's get somebody in here who may help. But then again, you can't hire a coach. No coach is coming over right now. You oh, gotta really? Wait to the after the year anyway. Dan Mullen, Dan, Dan Mullen wouldn't come? Bill O'Brien right wouldn't now? come? I can't remember. Dan Mullen. Right now? Brandon, right? First of all, first of all, Bill Bryan won't come ever. Okay, first and foremost. <laughs> first and foremost, <laughs> I know you didn't say Bill Bryan. Bill Bryan is gonna have people lining up for him as yeah. all offense coordinators <laughs> Alabama do. Yeah. Um. No, I don't think anybody's leaving where they're at right now for West Virginia. Now, maybe in the off season, but the the people that we we would want are people who are going to finish. Uh, the year with their kids that they've put time and effort into. Like, if this was closer to the end of the year, maybe. You know what I mean? And yeah. Brady, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if people are going to kill me. I don't know if people will think I'm right or wrong. I, is Tony Gibson Gibby? Is he a viable candidate to be head coach? I know he was last last time around. Because when I look to, no, he was not a viable. Tony Gibson was not a was not a serious. It's like when Michael Scott was uh, when they acted like they were going to hire Michael Scott on the uh, on for that corporate position on the office. He was never a serious candidate. Tony Gibson was never a serious candidate, um, and I think he was really upset about that, and rightfully so. But that said, Tony Gibson for me fits into the Bud Foster and the Brett Venables. Brent Venables category. I think when you've been an assistant for as long as those guys have been, there's a reason. And I don't but if know. He's smart the, enough to keep somebody like Graham Harold, and then he comes, you know what I mean? He's going, and I feel like he's the kind of person who's from here who would stay here. Yeah. I, I hear I, people I, talking I about the relationship with him and how he can recruit. He seems like he could bring people in. I, I don't agree. know. Maybe I, I not. Maybe not. Maybe, I would maybe, love to have Gibby back. You know how I feel about Gibby. I would love to have Gibby back. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't think it would happen because you have to remember your head coaching job is a CEO job. It's a donor relations job. It's more than just your coaching and X's and O's. And that's part of why I thought Neil would be such a great hire. I mean, he just seemed like the perfect glad handing all shucks, West Virginia down to earth, salt of the earth kind of guy. And by the way, I saw our boy, Jim Ashley, who is our guy. You know, we rock with Jim. He longtime sponsored the show back in the day. But Jim was like, who would want to coach his fickle fan base? And I'm just Stop. here to tell you, any, any fan base worth its salt in the Power Brandon, 5 that has I, a coach Brandon, just, who's under 500 after four years would be treating their head coach the same exact way, if not worse, with more vitriol than what West Virginia is right how now. How many coaches have got the axe already? Exactly. You talk about... Uh, uh, Herman, uh, uh, not Tom Herman, uh, Herman, Arizona State's coach. Didn't, didn't he get fired? Who got, who got fired? Nebraska's coach got fired. Herm Somebody Edwards, else got fired. Herm Edwards, Herm, Scott Frost. All these people getting the ax after a few games when they've only been there for a few years too. Like we're not, that's not what's so funny. Like people get so offended. Like I'm not sitting here trying to bash our team. I want us to win. I I hope I'm wrong. I hope Neil Brown wins the rest of his games for the rest of the year. 
Problem is, I know that that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know why? Because I believe my eyes. When I see who somebody is, I believe them. And for four years, I've seen it play out. So I know what it is. I hope I'm wrong. But people want to get so mad. It's like, I sometimes I just think, like, where are your expectations? Where, where is the bar for West Virginia for you? Where is Let me the bar? I, I'm going to just pause that for a second. And I want the people to think to yourself. Where is your bar for West Virginia football? Think about it. Because if we're not hitting that bar year after year after year or getting anywhere close, then a change has to be made. And I'm sick of people who make excuses for, you know, Brandon, the funniest thing about this is the moment we get a new coach who, who does well in the first year, then people are going to be taking all kinds of shots at Neil Brown. The ones who say, oh, don't say nothing about him. It's just like if they're here, it's like it's it's almost like I don't know. My, don't you know my favorite is my favorite is the media who says nothing bad about the coach until he's gone. And then the stories come out like with Dana, like nobody had anything bad to say about Dana till he was gone or till he was going. And then suddenly you had the insiders dropping little nuggets about stuff that Dana would do or didn't do when he was here. So that's what I'm always interested about. Like, there was somebody on Twitter tonight saying that he would trust Tony Caridi's assessment of the job Neil Brown's doing over anybody on Twitter. And I'm like, Tony Caridi's not going to say anything bad about Neil Brown. He's going to get awful awful awkward in those exclusive interviews he does every single week, multiple times a week when he's with Neil Brown. Yeah, so you're not hating. You understand. No, no, no. And you understand why he does because he's employed. If you team. were paying me the money they're paying Tony Caridi, I would be the same way. Because that would say be nothing. Because that would be my job. <laughs> cheerleader. Yes. Cheerleader. His job's a cheerleader. His job is voice. His job is not to be critical. And that's fine. That's what he does. But don't say that you trust his analysis because it's not objective. It's subjective. We are very objective. We just keep it real. We just talk about it like fans talk about it, like you're talking about it. And this is just our opinion. So that's how we see it. That's how we feel. Uh, as for who we would get, I don't know. I'm not paid to know. You know who is paid to know? Shane Lyons. Now, the trouble is. I know is- you're not paid to know. Only, only reason why I brought up the man from Van is because we love the man from Van. And I think most of uh, the people in West Virginia are familiar with him. It just jumped in my mind, especially when he's doing what he's because he had some great years at West here at West Virginia. Now he's at NC State, and that defense is all par. Now, granted, they lost to Clemson, but he has a top tier defense again. He went to someplace else and, and did it again. That's the reason why I bring up his name, that one name. Well, I mean, I get it, but my point is that Shane Lyons has a list. Every AD worth their salt has a list for who they're going to replace their coach with in case they drop dead or in case they need to fire them, or in case any kind of scandal breaks out. Whatever. Shane has a list of who he's going to hire. The problem I have is, does Shane get the grace? Does Shane get the pass for giving an extension to a coach who had not earned it? And people are like, well, there's people sniffing around. Who cares? What had Neil Brown done to worry about him leaving? I don't mind the hire. I'm upset about the extension. The extension never made any sense to me. It really looks bad now. So will Shane be around to make the decision? And will Shane make the Brady, decision to get Brady, rid of the guy you, he hired? Did you see Neil Brown's face during the game, though, when we were getting blown out? Uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I don't agree with the people who were complaining about his face. What's he supposed to look like during a blowout? Hold up. Hold up. I am not complaining about his face. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying when I looked at him, he looked like somebody who's thinking, yeah, okay. Uh, let me see. You're going to pack 
packed up master bedroom. Um, I think, <laughs> you think he, me, you think he was looking like, like he was gonna get fired? I, I I don't know, but he knows it was gonna be bad. He knew he knows it's gonna be really bad. Like I said, I was about to say, don't even get on the plane, okay? Like Shane Lyons should get him. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, Neil. Uh, we're gonna need to talk to you real quick. <laughs> be, uh, yeah, don't even yeah, go to the locker know. room. I don't know. I mean, I don't. There are people complaining about the way Neil looked, and they're like, he shouldn't look like he wants to take a nap. And I'm just kind of like, I, I mean, what's the guy supposed to look like when he's getting his brains beat in? No matter, on bro, I mean, no matter what you do, if he was mad, they would say, oh, look, he's losing control. But no matter what you do, people are going to complain and say, hey, look at his face. I don't care about his face. I'm just saying when I looked, <laughs> I just had a little laugh to myself because he just seemed like very at peace with it. Like, OK, you know, what I will say is I, I'll give him credit for not being Dana Holgerson and yelling at the crowd. The way that Brandon, Dana yelled at his crowd, basically Dana is so ridiculous. Dana is so ridiculous. Dana's <laughs> ridiculous. And and the other thing I will give Neil credit for is people. There are people who suggest that he lost the team. I don't think he's lost his team. I, I don't I think so like either. Team, I feel like the team plays hard, and I feel like even when they were down, they played hard. They didn't play well, but they played hard. Um, and they just stink. <laughs> we why just do I, stink. Why do I feel like? Why do I feel like like Graham Harold afterwards? Like after everybody's at the locker room. And uh, as everybody's walking back to the locker room, Graham Harrell grabs JT down and says, hey, hey, slow up, slow up, slow up. Everybody's walking in front of him. He puts it, he says, all right, uh, me and you can get out of here next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to go, JT? Where you want to go? I, I, I think JT Daniels has a shot at going pro. I think so, too. I know. I, I definitely think so. So, I mean, It'll we'll have blood. to wait and see what, what happens with that, but. Because they don't care about stats. What they care about is, are you an NFL quarterback? And I feel like he he 100% sounds like an NFL quarterback, and I think he can make the throws, so we'll have to wait and see. But, um, Jeremy, honestly, that's all I really have to say about all of this tonight. Well, that's that's it. I'm not even mad. I just, I mean, hopefully uh, next game's better. Hopefully they win. I'm going blue till I die. But, uh, yeah, it was embarrassing tonight. And uh, Neil Brown, that might be the fork right there. Yep. All right, well, oh, one last point. C.J. Donaldson, according to reports from Angelica Trinone, is conscious, stable, and alert, has feeling and movement in all of his extremities. So that is good news. That, of course, is not the end of the testing. Doesn't mean everything's all good, but that is good news. That is a good report. So hopefully that will continue to progress in the right direction. Uh, so shout out to C.J. Donaldson. Once again, thoughts and prayers to him and his family and to his teammates. And uh, that's it for the Raspy Voice Kids. Check us out. We'll be back on Monday with another show, Pop Culture. I'll let you boys. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.